Let's start off very, very basic. Will a six pack help me as a soccer player? Logically. Why pregame meals are important. If you do strength training, you can generate more force on the ground. It will take you less stride to get that ball. Until you get there, you can make that up with hard work and dedication and training. On top of it, right? So if you're a player that has little to no training history, imagine the, the gains and speed that you can get in such a short period of time because you're doing things. This is why strength training is important. I don't care how you do your strength training. I don't you know some people like to go to the gym. I just wanted to double down on that really quick. The point is you have to get stronger. What's going on, soccer players? This is Andy from the Soccer Fitness Experience here today doing a special guest episode. Um, my co-host Berg isn't with me today, but that's okay. Um, we have a very, very special guest with us today. Her name is Tori. She is a goalkeeper's coach at the Keeper Institute in South Jersey. So uh, Tori, welcome, and thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this episode. Yeah, so Tori, you're a goalkeeper's coach, and I kind of want to learn more about like your history and what kind of led you to this point. Uh, give us some background about yourself. So I'm originally from Syracuse, New York. Uh, I grew up there. I actually went to a smaller Division II school, Lemoyne College, not too far from there. After college, I decided, you know what, I want to play professionally. And uh, it was really, it was a pipe dream, honestly. But um, I kind of like took some steps, went to open tryouts, found Jill Marie at the Keepers Institute and was like, uh, I'm going to try to get some training there. So I reached out. They extended an invite for me to come to their pro camp, which was in the summer of 2016, right after I graduated. And um, after that, I came for a three-day camp, and I was like, I'm going to move here. And they were like, oh, okay. So I, I kind of uh, decided to look for a college coaching job. Um, they were gracious enough to help me out with that, got me a, a job at a Division three school not too far from here, and also gave me a job at TKI. Um, so once I got my job at TKI, I started to train all the time. I ended up playing a little bit as a reserve for Sky Blue for um, the, that would have been the 2016, 2017 season. Um, and then like after that, you know, I played, I had to kind of choose between playing overseas or continuing on my coaching career. And ultimately like coaching was my passion. And I always tell everyone I stumbled upon my dream job finding TKI. So that's kind of where I've been for the last couple of years, um, getting the privilege to work with amazing goalkeepers anywhere that age ages from eight to pro. So just got off the field with some of our professionals getting ready for their NWSL season. And every day is a, is a new challenge. Every day is like an opportunity to be creative and get to be surrounded by the game I love. So I'm super blessed. That is great. And you have such a, a, a rich history that I just learned about. Um, playing with Sky Blue and in training with them, what was that experience like for you? Oh my gosh, I felt so in over my head, which I think is what you feel anytime you start something new, anytime you like level up. But I, you know, I'm first of all, I'm 5'3". You can't see me on this, obviously. It's a podcast, but I'm, I'm a very small goalkeeper. Uh, most people, when I said I wanted to play professionally, kind of looked at me and laughed. We're like, okay, kid. Um, but I think at, at times, like, I felt very in over my head, but it was so enriching and it taught me so much about who I am and who I want to be. And then looking back now, like being removed from it, it's like, okay, a lot of my coaching style has come from that. Like it's built me to who I am and like help people be who they need to be for what they say they want. Mm, great, great. And 
like your experience at TKI, the, the Keepers Institute, what kind of, what do you stress to your players the most? Is it more of the physical? Is it more of the technical? Like what's your, what's your strategy there? So we break things down into a couple different pillars, physical, mental, technical, and tactical. Um, and if you ask me, I mean, it might be different amongst our, we have 13 coaches on staff now, but amongst our 13 coaches, my number one is going to come down to mental. Uh, you can't do anything before you make a decision about it. And goalkeeper is a very mentally demanding sport, both, you know, just like psychologically having to deal with mistake management and the pressure and whatnot. But also, I mean, we have to be decision makers. No one save is going to be the same. I can tell you get set and dive, but that dive might be different from shot to shot. So we have to be decision makers. We have to be able to let ourselves make those decisions. Um, I think after that, like it's important to be very like, – to understand the game. But it's funny because recently we just did this, like what are your top ten attributes as a goalkeeper? And I struggled so much because, like I said to you before we uh, got on air, is I'm trying to learn more about the strength conditioning realm so that I can do some sports performance and whatnot. And the more I learn about that, the more I'm like, oh, our kids are not able to make a save if their body doesn't even allow it. So mm. – um, the physical component definitely ranks pretty high on my list. Um, I would say number one, mental, two, tactical, and then probably physical is going to be be in the top five for sure. Gotcha. And physical is very important. And our, on our podcast, is kind of what we focus on. And mm-hmm. today's episode is all about the top three physical attributes that every goalkeeper should have. And I think you're really a great person to speak on this one because you have the experience not only as a player, but as a coach as well. Um, So what are your top three in terms of physical qualities? So my top three that I came up with were core strength and stability, um, speed and quickness in specific laterally, and then being able to jump and land safely in all planes. Gotcha. So let's start with the core. Like what's, in terms of core strength, what do you think in your experience is like, why is that important for a keeper to have? So when it comes down to it, like if I'm wobbly at my, my center, like my trunk, the most where I'm going to get a lot of my strength and stability moving side to side, I'm not going to have a lot of control in that cutting and um, create stiffness, right? So if I'm moving side to side and then all of a sudden they take a, a touch and the shooter looks like they're about to hit it, I need to be able to come to an abrupt stop and arrive in my good set shape. Because if I'm just standing straight up or I'm a little bit bent over, it's going to be hard for me to get set properly to make the save that I need to save or I need to do. Um, and also just like saving the ball in general. When we go to push our hands out of the ball, whether I'm in my good set shape or not, you know, I have to bring that ball from however many miles per hour to zero in my hands. I don't have a strong core that's going to make me fly back with my face push my hips forward and then everything's going backwards if I give up a rebound it's going behind me which most likely the goal's there uh so it really helps keep everything in check if I can keep my core strong both movement wise and instability and catching or pushing up giving a good rebounds mm, see this is exactly why I think your experience is so valuable because you know everybody knows that core strength is important for soccer mm-hmm. players in general and all athletes and all humans. But it's, I think the point that when a keeper is going for a save, they have to be stiff and strong, right, is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And whenever you're saving the ball, your core is really what's going to prevent you from like overextending. Or even if you do have to extend, you have to be strong in that motion too. 
right. so that that's really important i think and that's a great quality yeah for sure i think it's um often overlooked and I don't know your experience in terms of like when you're working with younger kids, but when we get younger kids a lot these days, they don't have very strong core. It's quite flimsy and it's weak and movements that would have been like textbook for us as kids, I feel like uh, Mm -hmm. are hard for them. Like a bear crawl. I I could bear crawl forward, backward, side to side, whatever you ask me to do as a younger kid. But kids these days, I feel like they're missing coordination because they're missing that core strength. Mm, Gotcha. So, Core strength, very important. Um, What about speed for you? So for me, I think speed and quickness in specific laterally is super important because that's a majority of our job. Um, We're not running sprints up and down the field. We're not even really running a sprint to the top of the 18 unless you're going to one-time clear a ball or you're going back for a back pass kind of deal. Most of our movement is going to be side to side. So being able to move in a good shape because like I kind of – spoke on earlier at any moment the shooter might take their touch and hit it or at any moment there might be a ball passed through that someone's going to try to hit on one I need to be able to adjust my positioning and get set and if I'm doing that standing straight up taking all different size um, lateral steps then I'm not going to be able to arrive in the shape that I need to then be able to get set step and dive or shuffle and then step and dive Mm, gotcha and when when I watch soccer players and when I watch goalkeepers, I guess when I, when I think of speed, it's whenever I see the goalkeeper rushing out and clearing a ball, which may happen once a match, once every other match. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because what I'm watching, the camera isn't on the goalkeeper most of the time. Right. But what you're saying is off the ball and when the goalkeeper is acting on their own, they need to be quick moving left and right because that's what or you, they should train that way because that's what they should be doing most of the time. Absolutely. With an emphasis on change of direction. Cause like I said, like maybe we won't need to cut right, cut left all the time. However, we need to be able to, if a situation calls for it, think about um, a lot of the shots that you see inside the 18, maybe in the prem or maybe in NWSL. Those are the two leagues that I watch the most, but a lot of the shots still happen in or just outside the 18. If there's potential for a deflection, a goalkeeper needs to, be able to move left and right, cut quick in case the ball goes back the other way. So it's super important when it comes down to reaction saves too or close-range shooting that we can change direction. Not to mention that most of the times it's not just a through ball played in and finished on one. There's some kind of pass or passes that happen in the 18 that force us to continuously move our positioning from left to right to get on our good ball line. Mm, gotcha. So what type of lateral speed work do you do with your players? I've been trying to keep it like simpler, like the simpler, the better um, as of lately. But our methodology methodology has kind of changed over the time. I would say that we're doing a lot more like um, brief work technically and then like a lot of functional type exercises that will translate right into the game. So if I do work on lateral movement, it's almost that pre-practice type stuff. So we warm up. We do a little bit of that and then we add the ball in. So we haven't been doing too much lateral work in terms of like really focusing on it technically with the ball. Every once in a while, you know, you'll do an exercise where it's like go over the stripe, set, catch. Um, But our functional kind of takes care of itself. So if we're looking to break it down, it's going to be its own separate thing. And I've really loved doing, um, we call it T-turn here. So put your one foot in the hurdle or I'm sorry, in the ring get in, get out, working on that push-pull of your inside and outside foot and kind of recognizing where your weight's going, when you have to create stiffness through your shoulder and your core 
and then getting out quick. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing that I love doing is like a little bit of shuffle starts. So shuffle in, shuffle out, and then I turn and I sprint. Just mm, kind of trying yep. to create some quickness, acceleration, deceleration, because in terms of speed and quickness, that's another important thing. If we are moving forward, it's typically for a 1v1 where we're either going to have to get set or we're going to have to move 50-50 style like um, that spread or smother save that you see a lot of people do these days. Mm, gotcha. That's really good speed information. And lateral quickness, I think it's it's something that's often overlooked in in training in general. Because yeah. when most people think of speed, they think of running in a straight line. Um, right. But we need to be quick moving side to side and, and goalkeepers. That's definitely more common. Absolutely. And to like add on to that, I also love to make it reactive. So verbal cues, visual cues, um, make a ball your visual cue. Force kids to have to remember a combination and then go. That way we're getting their brain working. We're getting them moving to a stimulus rather than just, okay, here's your exercise and do it. Because that's yep. what the game calls for. It's stimulus and response. Yep, for sure. And when we do that type of training, I think it it unlocks another level in terms of intensity, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's very easy to say, okay, sprint back and forth between those cones. And when you have that, you kind of just go through the motions. And right. if we're not really pushing ourselves in terms of intensity and true agility, we're not really improving that much. So those those other cues that you're using to start the exercise, I think they're very valuable. Absolutely. It's been, I think it's been really helpful. Um, started a new class recently over here at TKI. That's all about like the physical side of stuff that I've been with um, like one of my partners in crime with strength and conditioning. We've, we've been doing it together and we've seen some cool results with kids that haven't really had much of uh, formal training yet. So that stuff has been huge for them and their movement looks like a lot cleaner than it did before, which is huge. Mm-hmm. So your last one, um, last physical quality jumping and landing um what do you think is important because this is obviously a huge one i think of personally um but specifically for goalkeepers like what do you think of in mind so i think my first thing is teaching them how to land because if they can land properly we get a lot of uh, especially i think uh, i'm not certain on our exact percentage off the top of my head but right now we have majority female soccer players and we all know the biggest injury for female soccer players is ACL tears. In uh, the younger that you can get a kid and like get them correct in those movements with their knees. Cause we see a lot of caving knees or as you're going to jump and you're landing a little bit of caving and pushing back out kind of deal. So for me, the biggest thing is landing and correcting those mechanics, understanding, okay, my, toes forward, making sure that my knees are coming out, making sure that as I sink back in my butt, I don't allow my knees to quiver in and then go out and kind of teaching them the right spots to feel different things and the right spots of where to generate power from. So that's Mm -hmm. my biggest thing in in the landing mechanics. Then when it comes to the jumping stuff, once you've kind of gotten that down, they're moving properly, there's none of that caving or like overextension type stuff. I like to do a lot of single leg because that's how it's played, you know? Diving all involves single leg. I like to add in shuffling into then going single leg box jump or hurdle hop, or even if it's just try to do like a single leg broad jump type deal. Gotcha. And I think it's important that you focus on the landing too, is because that's where the majority of injuries are going to happen. And it's, it's really tough to teach someone how to land properly. One, because you have to teach them how to do it too. You have to teach them to do it within the context of making a save. 
And three, you have to make sure whatever you're doing is translating over to whatever they do in the game. Um, in your experience, what have you found that is helpful for kind of making that process go smoothly? I feel like I've tried a million things and it's, like I said in the beginning, the simpler, the better. Like the more basic I make it, the kids kind of start to grumble because it's like week eight and I'm still making them do it. But in the long run, like hopefully we don't have any more caving knees or hopefully we're generating power from our hips and keeping our core strong as we push. Um, but the simpler, the better. And my favorite thing that I've done so far is snap down. So get the kids to reach all the way up with their hands, they're on their toes, and then just practice like snapping down and landing in an athletic position. I make them do it in front of the mirror sometimes and uh, self-correct. So I'm like, if you were me, what would you say about your shape right now? What would you say about your form? What would you say about your knees and your feet? Mm. And then I overemphasize the way that your feet start and trying to give it, get your feet to mimic that same shape as they land. Mm. Gotcha. Um, in terms of strength and conditioning, um, what do you do to help kids generate like more strength and more power for keepers? More strength and power for keepers, depending on their training age and then like their level that they're playing at, be a little bit different. But something that I've been doing recently is just keeping the, the basic patterns of Hinge, which is tough. Kids really struggle with that. So I've just been doing a lot of unweighted hinge work, uh, push your butt on the wall, um, maybe use a, a very light kettlebell like on your way down to your feet. Uh, I've been doing a lot of squatting as well and lunging and then trying to get some chin-ups like eccentrics and negatives and holds. So those basic things and just um, kind of working off that. Gotcha. So those were your three biggest physical qualities. Um, one question that a lot of people ask me about is upper body training for keepers. Um, what's your perspective on that in general? And like, what are some of the things you try to emphasize? Oh, I think it's huge. I think it's so important. And even if you're a field player, it's important to have a strong upper body as well, because we need to be proportionate. If I'm only ever working on my legs, then who's to say I'm not going to hurt my upper body. Think about how much of our upper body we use, even just running the side to side rotation. Um, but as a goalkeeper, it's super important because we're using our arms to make the save. So I need to be strong. I need to have in specific strong back, good range of motion in my shoulders and like strength and stability in there as well. Gotcha. So thank you so much for bringing all this advice onto our podcast. Um, if you could give, let's say one piece of advice to all the youth keepers out there who are interested in training in general, not just physical, technical, like training, everything. Um, one piece of advice, what would it be? Mm. My one piece of advice would be ask a lot of questions and try to understand the why. When we ask questions, one, it opens us up to different understanding. And when we ask why, now we know why it's important and we can place more value in it. And I think that's more motivational. When I know my why, it um, pushes me to be better and to grow in all of those areas, whether it be on the field, whether it be in the gym, whether it be mentally. Gotcha. Well, perfect. Well, thank you for coming on. Um, where can we find you if we have more questions? So anything uh, goalkeeper related or soccer related, you can find me on Instagram at the Keeper Institute. I do a lot of social media. So uh, either Jill or myself will be happy to answer any DMs there. Personally, I have a coaching account. It's Coach Tori uh, TKI, and that's just right on Instagram. If you want to shoot me an email, feel free. It's just T C O R S A R O at thekeeperinstitute.com. 
Perfect. Well, if you guys have any questions about anything goalkeeper-wise, uh, Tori is the place to go. And, yeah, we'll catch you all next time. Thank you so much for having me. Peace. All right.